I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Julie Mathers, welcome back to The Mentor. Thank you. Good to be here again. Now, I don't like to say we're really good at this, but it was three years ago this month that you and I first met when you were the CEO and proprietor of Flora and Fauna. And I seem to remember, and I'm not sure if this is correct, but either, it wasn't called Meta in those days, either Instagram or Facebook or somebody selected you. We did. Yes. Is that right? Um, Yes, yes, as, yes. As someone who is very good at using social media yes, sort of thing, as, as an example. Yes, yes, yes. And that was, I think that might have been like a year before or two years before that or something. Because somehow we got together in relation to that first. I can't remember yes. how that all worked. Yeah, they, Facebook contacted me and said, hey, you're pretty good at social, night, really. And she said, do you want to come on? And that was the that first. That was Alexandra. That was Alexandra. Yeah, that was Alexandra. Alexandra Sloan. That's it. God, you're he- Head of marketing good. at um, Facebook. Yes, Good memory. So that was first. That was probably, I don't know, 2018, 2019. That's how we first met. Yeah. First met. Then I came on in 2020. So this is third, third time lucky. Third time lucky. <laughs> Your life has changed somewhat, um, you know, because you did sell the company. We're going to talk about that. And then you bought it back. We're going to talk about that too. <laughs> yes. So, but it's just first and foremost, it's just for those people who didn't listen in 2023, uh, 2020, I should say, three years ago, you are still with Flora and Fauna. Um, so, and you have other things as well. We'll talk about those as well. But what is flora and fauna? Okay. I'll tell you what we should be because yeah. we might not be right there right now. So Australia's largest eco store. Business massively built on purpose. We've been going for- Meaning which? So value, we have a very clear North Star. So we know what we, our purpose is to help everyone make better choices. So that could be instead of this coffee cup, Use a keep cup. Yep. Instead of a plastic toothbrush, use a bamboo toothbrush. They don't need to be the best choices because if they were the best, we'd all grow vegetables and live on our own and ride bicycles. But it's just a better choice. Better choice for the planet, better choice for people, better choice for animals. That was what we're built on. So that's kind of our North Star. And we ended up being an online online store. We had a physical store as well, actually, in North Rocks, no longer. Um, and we sold about 11,000 products mostly brands that we found, beautiful brands from around Australia that could be, we had like a potter in the Gold Coast, 80-year-old potter in the Gold Coast who make pottery, could be stuff like that, or bigger international brands. Um, And we had our own brand as well. And that's what what we sold. We had 
really amazing thriving community. So this is back in the 2020 period. Yes. It's probably, probably been to somewhat, to some extent it's probably been, has changed somewhat, but we'll go back mm-hmm. to where it is at the moment. But back then in terms of its conception, and I soon recall you just had a baby when you came in 2020. Yes. You're only some like um, you know, a few months out of having um, had the kid. Yeah. How, how old is your kid? Number three, obviously. <laughs> so I've got, well, I've got two. So I've got Woody, who's four, and Alfie, who's three. Three. Al- and yeah. Alfie was born then. Alfie was born. Just being born. I um, didn't do mat leave though. I just kind of went, yep, back on board. And I, remember, <laughs> I actually remember that was one of the reasons why um, then my production team, they actually thought it was pretty cool because uh, you were back on the bike pretty quickly. That oh, was a bit away. of a big deal. Yeah. And you got no, cho- I had no choice. Yeah, yeah. It's just, but also I didn't really mind. And that's just how you, you know. That's how you roll, I suppose. But I, I don't mind. I, I like my dad says I'm hardwired to work, so I like it. And you don't mind it. It doesn't. No, bother I, you. I enjoy it. You're, it's well, kind of obviously a hobby. you don't mind. It. You must love it. I love but, it. But, but but and flora and fauna's, um, you know, the con- conception that you gave it um, about providing consumers better choices in relation to environment, by the way, but also maybe not just relation to environment, just just better choices generally, but have a and a consequence of being better for the environment. Flora and Fauna was a marketplace yes. that other vendors or vendors that you found or who came to you um, vended their product through to the consumers that you also marketed to. So you built your marketplace using digital media quite heavily. Yes, yes. What was the – that was sort of early in the, in the game. I know a lot of people have been around doing Instagram, et cetera, for a long time. But in terms of doing it well, that was fairly early. It was only three years ago, but it's, it was fairly early at the time. People are much more pro- uh, proficient at it today. But what are the, some of the things that you remember worked really well for you in terms of getting building your audience on the – let's say Instagram, for example? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. The key to what we did was we built a community – so we launched in November 2014, back when Instagram was pff, nothing really, it wasn't owned by Meta and Facebook was pretty much free. So well, the one, the golden years um, and and you'd get ROASes of 15. It was great. It was brilliant. Anyway, we, we did lots of organic, authentic posting so that it would be stuff like I can remember we live in we live in Dural, but at the time we lived in Galston. We, I'd get a table in the garden, beautiful views over Galston Gorge. I'd put product on the table and I'd just talk to it. And my husband Tom's behind the camera on the phone, just going, "Here we go, talk about this." And I'd just talk about the product. And we always have a quote: first take, one take, first take, best take." Um, we didn't edit; we just went right, done. Chuck it up on YouTube and Facebook. And us being really authentic about it just built this community and and they just helped us grow. And it was then word of mouth, but they also felt part of something much bigger than just a store selling, selling stuff. They felt part of a movement. And it's a really nice community too, because one of our values is about being positive. And I think when you operate in this space, you can, you know, you can take a different approach to it, a bit more militant. That wasn't our approach. I was very much no. Less fanatical. Exactly. It's more carrot, not stick. It's like, mm. no, let's encourage them to make a choice because if you use reusable nappies, you actually save a ton of cash. So let's do that. You know, so there's, there's different ways, but it was like, no, no, we're, we're positive about it. We're not going to show animals in abattoirs. You know, we're not we're not going down no that. No shock therapy. No shock therapy. There's, there's people that do that and that's awesome and go for it and, you know, 
do whatever, but ours is positive encouragement and building a community supporting each other. And that that was the key. That was absolutely the key to what did, we did. Did you realise at the time the products that you were selling, how importantly how important they were to making Facebook and, and Instagram later work? Because there's lots of colour and like a lot of interest in the photo- photography that you're taking, so it actually helps you a lot to make it interesting. Yeah. Colour, shapes, sizes, you know, people can use their imagination. And I, I really like the idea that you took out took away from it all that sense of militancy or, um, you know, you, you played a, a middle game. You sort of sat in the middle. Yeah. You didn't want to track one side or the other side. You, you wanted to get the masses. Like, yeah, yeah I, I get it. I've got, I got to do my bit for the environment. I don't really know how to. I don't really want someone to start telling me to march, go on a march. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, sort of um, super glue myself to the railway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but I will do my bit if I can. Yeah. That was us. Did you work that out? Yeah. How, how did you work that out? Like, I mean, how, how did you understand that? Were you, or is that just like a, a survey too, you and your husband? Talk? I think it was a lot of my values are in the business. So, and this this business is very much a reflection of me. And and so that, so I, I looked at it and I went, how would I want to be? I'm super customer focused. Like I'm customer obsessed. How would I want to be marketed to? How would I want to be? I don't even use the word marketing, just spoken to, just interacted with. And I just went, yeah, that's, I think if we want to, our purpose was to help everyone. And it was very specific that we use that word everyone, because I think we can do so much more if everyone makes a little bit of a change than if we have an incredibly narrow group doing a lot. So I was like, we've got to talk to everyone to talk to everyone we have to do it in a positive way. Otherwise, we're just not going to drive change by beating people over the head with stuff. But how did you know that? I mean, what was was it just an instinct or was it just, uh, was it research? Did you research that? What do people want or? Not particularly. You just, you, no, no, okay, you, just, you trust yeah. your gut. I trust my gut. I, I go with my gut a lot. Um, I think I always have. And I will do research to back stuff up. So, and to be fair, no, to be fair, because I'll, 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 I'll say I'll go with my gut and I did, but... There's also things, we were a fully vegan store. And one of the things that um, I found out very quickly, because we didn't start off that way. And then we had a lot of, we started off as a cruelty-free beauty store. And then we had so many people going, is this vegan? Is this vegan? Is this vegan? I'm like, geez, we're getting asked so much about this. Maybe we should be fully vegan. This was a year in, so really little at that point. And a few people said to me, crazy decision, don't do that. And I went, yeah, but no one else is. So maybe we should. So then I did a bit of research and I was like, oh, geez, Australia is the fastest growing country for veganism. Wow. Is it right? Yeah. Still? Probably. Wow. Yeah. It also has the most searches per capita of any country for veganism. So we, it's up there with um, the other ones, the UAE. and uh, oh, Really? The yeah, UAE? Yeah, yeah, and US. So... Um, so I just went, okay, we absolutely should do this. And sure, it might be small, but actually we're not just talking to vegans. We're giving vegans a place to be or people who are plant-based. It's people don't eat meat for so many different reasons. Um, so we're giving them a, a place to go where they can trust everything that we, we have. But we're also talking to everyone else as well. The curious especially. The curious or the people who go, oh, yeah. I've, I'm, and which is why we said, I don't want to, um, be very militant about, um, you know, what we did because we do need to talk to everyone. It's almost a case of there's a great business called Lord of the Fries who are in some ways accidentally, they're not accidentally vegan, but 
they kind of are because you go into there and you get yourself a burger and you've no idea that it's vegan and but it is um and that's kind of us a little bit yeah and and then in terms of your quality of your photography or video whatever you and also you know the the quality of how you perform in front of the camera and and the quality of um whether or not it was edited or not how did you learn that it didn't matter that much as long as it was understandable yeah and listenable tested 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 so we put some video up and we went geez this is good this is going well and you mean when you say it's good it wasn't because you looked at it and thought it was good you, you mean oh, response wise response wise roas engagement reach we were getting new customers we suddenly we had one video we were defying facebook i remember facebook said to me at the time on paper this shouldn't work but it does and i don't know why because they are looking at lots of very curated brands who put posts up where they look like an ad. And we were doing completely the opposite. We were putting stuff up where, yeah, it's me in the garden, pretty much. And But I think that what we saw was just that stuff works. Julie being in front of the camera and talking about it works. Um, and... And we saw that through through the metrics. And we would there was one post that we had, and we had a ROAS of ten plus for over a year, and we didn't have to change the ad. And Facebook was was Facebook will say to you, you should change your content every two weeks. And I went, don't need to, keep it the same. Do, so did did you have a? How is it that Facebook was interacting with you? So we had a rep. Right. So so how yeah. did you get a rep? How did a rep come about? So. I think it's based on how much you spend, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether yeah, they're yeah. interested or not. So at the time, how it initially started was we were just spending cash and I was just, I think for the first three or four, year, four years, I was running all the ads, and very different back then to now. And then someone contacted me from Facebook from New Zealand and said, oh, I'll be your rep. I think her name was Jessica, if I remember rightly. Anyway, spoke with her for a couple of years and then she said, oh, you're spending more money. You're off to Singapore. So then we got a rep out of Singapore and then we spent even more money and then they said, right, we'll give you someone in Australia. So that's how it sort of came about. We were just contacted and then we stopped and then we didn't spend enough money and they chucked us back to Singapore again. But um, that's just how it happened. It, it, they very much contacted us. But having said that, now in current business, it's quite a different model. Yeah, all those platforms have have sort of refined their position, and they're a lot more, a little bit more brutal. Yes, the way they operate today, very brutal. But and of course, they can be. I guess at some yeah. time. they're running businesses. But you do you're underplaying something, and that is that you're an engineer, correct? I am. Yeah, and uh, am. you you have a, a a bent on stats and numbers and I mathematics. Did, yeah. Yes. So, is it important to be successful in relation to using? media, social media platforms to be very analytical or to get someone who's very analytical. Yes. It's, it's one thing to be able to go and say, oh, you know, what's it look like, what what they feed you, but how much more analytical are you in relation to what they feed you I and mean, what do you do? What do, Did you build anything around your outcomes to do further analysis for yourselves as to what works, what doesn't work? Yeah, we, we um, I, I am very analytical and I think it's absolutely key to getting the most out of the platform and lots of us, myself included, we work with agencies to do the ads and all that kind of stuff. I am 
always in there looking at it like multiple times a day. I was in last night having a look at our ads. I know too many people who leave it to the agencies and they'll report on it once a month, once a week. That is not good enough. You have to take control. And I was saying, I was actually having this conversation with someone yesterday who asked me not a dissimilar question. Uh, she runs a business and she said, should I get across the numbers? And I went, hell yes, you should be in there. She goes, because my agency says, just leave it to them. Absolutely not. It's your business. It's your business. It's actually your ad account and your brand. So I'm in there constantly having a look, seeing what's working. And and in reality, I was, I was having a look last night and I was like, geez, this one's, this, this ad set's going phenomenally well. We should just increase that budget. Now the agency know what I'm like. I know that they're not going to be on there at 10 o'clock at night, but I am. So I just chuck the budget up and I just let them know I've done it. But um, you have to be analytical. So I think you can do a lot in platform on both of them and just keeping across it. And it's a, a scan of the eye will do that every day. Um, we do ex- export stuff as well to a dashboard. Um, and Is it, a, is it an app, a dashboard app or do you build your own dashboard? We build our own. Yeah. We just build our own. Um, we're quite lucky. Tom... My husband is in the business. He's 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 an engineer too. Right, it's a theme, and um, he's also a data um, analyst, scientist, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he can build he can build these. He things. can build all sorts of awesome stuff. Yeah. Um. So the pair of us are quite analytical, which I think is very very important. It's crucial, particularly when you're bootstrapping a business, and particularly in this climate at the moment, and you've got to watch your costs. You're underplaying yourself. <laughs> um. So you mentioned digital agencies. They're important because they're like a buyer's agency. Yeah. They can buy the media for you. That's that's important to have them there. Maybe could you just explain what you consider make up, makes up a good digital agency and uh, what they do for you? Because there's lots of them around. There's mm. millions of them. And uh, they're all ex-advertising agencies now call themselves digital agencies. Mm. What is someone looking for when they what, – what's the sort of things they should be looking for in terms of skills at the agency, assuming that you're not an engineer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we've we've absolutely been burnt by agencies over the years. So I've got lots of experience in this and what not to look for. I'm very comfortable with the, who we're working with at the moment, mostly because they feel an extension of our team. So I think the key. Could you could you do you mind naming them? Do you mind? Yeah, Ecom Nation. Ecom Nation. I love that I've named them. And where are they? Uh, they're in Adelaide. Adelaide, okay. Yeah. But you, obviously you can deal with them from Sydney anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ecom. Ecom Nation. The EC. OM Nation. Um, yes, E-C-O-M-M Nation, yeah. O-M-M Nation. And they're relatively new. They're set up by a couple of ex-retailers, so they know their stuff, but they're very, very, very customer-focused. And they're the kind of agency, what, what I dislike about agencies, when you're given an account manager who goes, great, I'll do a weekly whip, and they spend that whip talking through a report that you can read through yourself. That's not helpful to me. That's not insightful. You're just not helping my business. It's like a post office box to me. It's a post office box. Yeah. And it's someone who, and then you mention something to them and they'll go, oh, I'll talk to the people who actually do the work. D- I have just don't have a t- any just time for that. They just manage a relationship. Correct. Correct. And it's just, and they don't, and they don't care. And I think when you're, particularly when you're founder of your company, you just care so much and you want other people to care as well. And, um, and, so I like an agency that feels an extension of of our team. They're the kind of agency where you can uh, the boss of the agency joins the calls every week, and but we'll talk about stuff 
which actually is not Facebook. So I'll constantly have, I'm very open with them about our strategy and I'll talk to them about, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're thinking of doing. And they'll give advice with Facebook, with Insta, blah, 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 but just outside of that as well. For me, that's a great agency. I'm going, could a different agency achieve a slightly higher ROAS? Maybe, maybe not. But do I trust this lot? Absolutely. And do they... Are they able to work with me and my quirks? Yep, that's helpful. And do they give me complete transparency over the account? The other thing I, so so that's, I think the partnerships are really important piece. You've got to, when you meet agencies, do you like them? It's the airport test. Could you go and sit, sit on a plane with them? Um, and that's very important for me. But equally, if we sort of get into the metrics of it, what do they, how are they focusing on your account? So it's very tempting. So we, we look at a thing called um, MER, M-E-R, and it's basically, and that's how we report as a, I suppose, a, a metric on whether it works or not. It's effectively uh, sales, um, cost over sales. So we look at it as a total cost rather than just looking at it at, at ROAS level to return on ad spend. That gives me just a better feel for, okay, is this, is this working just in general? Am I suddenly spending 30, 40% of, of my revenue on marketing? That's a bad result. But what am I spending? So, so we look at that quite a bit. But with these folks, um, they're very, very clear and transparent on what that is. And they also focus on all types of campaigns. So with, with Facebook, not to get into too much detail, but you can do top of funnel stuff where you re- it's, it's your old TV campaign. I look at it like that. Branding. Yeah, exactly. Your branding stuff. Middle of funnel. Yeah, they're a little bit hooked. Try and get, try and get in the bottom. And then true bottom of funnel stuff. They might've been on your website. Let's go and retarget them. And your agency should be splitting those campaigns out. And I look at them and, I, and we have different targets. So bottom of funnel, I expect a pretty high ROAS. Yep. Top of funnel, I don't because I treat it like TV. I've worked with agencies before where if you only target them on ROAS, they will only focus on the bottom of the funnel and then you're not attracting new customers. So you've got to be prepared to spend a bit of cash on the top of funnel stuff to get new people in. So we so we look at that a lot in terms of how many new people have we got coming in. I'm okay with a much lower ROAS at the top, but I actually want that top of funnel to be quite a significant part of our spend. Does your digital agency build your strategy or would you say to somebody who's not as experienced as you that perhaps you need to get a digital strategist to help you build a digital strategy or do you, or you leave it to the agency? I think you do it in conjunction. I think, um, if you're running a business, you know what your business is going to achieve. And hopefully you've got a plan of some description, even if it's a plan on a page of what you want to do this year, which could be in this environment, control the costs. That's what you want to do this year. Talk your agency through that and ask them, this would, this is what I would do and this is what I do do, ask them to come up with how they're going to help you deliver that strategy. Now, you might want... How can they execute on the strategy? How can they execute? But what do you, do you actually build the strategy with them? Like do you actually sit down and say, can we build this strategy with you? Do it? Like, I think, you know, I can achieve this amount of sales because, and I know what my costs are, this is my margin. 
Um, you know, in order for me to be able to pay for my other overheads, which is like, let's say it's a million bucks a year, um, I need to achieve at least two million in sales working yep. backwards. Absolutely. And then, um, you know, and I, I think that's not being too over optimistic in this current environment. And I just want to, I just happy to break even perhaps or make a small profit. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Be very open with, if you've got the right agency, and this is the key, yeah. get the right one. But if you've got the right one, be really open with them and just treat them like part of your team and part of your leadership team because it is super, super important. So we we give them budgeted sales by week so they know what our our target is theirs. And so they, they've got the financial piece, but we're also doing things like saying, oh, gosh, we might, we're not going to do this, which I'll say it, but um, we're going to launch... 10 stores, right, how do we go and – so that strategy might be let's go and warm up the markets in those stores. In those postcodes. Exactly, ahead of time. So 10 weeks before we launch, let's go and warm them up. But they need to know that to be able to deliver that. If you're, I think too many folks just go, I'm just going to brief them each week and you can't react enough to that and you're not building a strategy and it becomes very transactional it's just tactical it's just really tactical whereas if you if you if you tr- and you've got to trust them so but if you trust them and you treat them as part of your team then that's you know it, it's very powerful it's very very powerful and you'll get a lot out of them because the other benefit with them is they typically work with a lot of clients so you get a lot of knowledge from that as well um, and ask them. I can ask hours heaps of questions about what other folks are doing. Yeah, but that, that's what—that's the reason you go to them, and you don't have your own person in house. Correct, correct. That's what they've got to offer. Absolutely, absolutely, because they're constantly learning. So as they're learning, that's very helpful for us. I actually want to talk to you about the sale of your business, but I, I just got intrigued <laughs> in about because you know you're an expert in this area, Ooh. and um, you know you are in analytics in particular, yeah. and building strategies, and then being able to roll it out and executing on it properly, just by virtue of what you did with Flora and Fauna. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Back from the break, and we were Julie Mothers, and we're talking all things uh, flora and fauna. Um, it, it's it's funny, you know, not long after you and I first met in 2020, I met the guys from Koala Mattresses, and they come on my podcast. And it's just, and uh, and I used to always think of 
koala. They're, they're not a they're not a really environmental organization, but but they they had a brilliant business. They're mm. brilliant at what you the same as you. They're brilliant at yeah. marketing their business in, in a digital sense, and they've gone on to kick all sorts of goals as you did. But they still own the business. One of the things that you did is you sold your business. You sold F and F. Can you just take me through the process? How you come to sell it? Did you always intend to sell it? Was that an exit strategy you had from day one? How does that all work? Yeah, yeah. We, you know, when I started the business, I went. There's three ways this goes. Ultimately, if this gets legs, if it gets legs, we give it to our kids. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's my, it's my wish. It's not theirs. Um, we keep it forever. Wasn't really up for that. Actually, there's four ways. Um, we um, close it. Don't want to. That's not the plan. Failure. Exactly. Or we sell it. So out of the gates, there was always kind of something, and I wasn't focusing on it too much because I was just like, let's enjoy the let's enjoy the journey. I think sometimes we're so quick to get to the destination, we forget to enjoy the journey of getting there. So. It was kind of in the back of my mind. Don't that, get ahead of yourself. Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself because you just, I mean, geez, what we've known over the last few years, you just don't know what's going to happen. So, and we're doing a house reno at the moment and we've just gone, you know what, I'm going on a side tangent now. Let's just put this on hold because we're not going to be, if we try, try and do it now whilst we're doing 50 other things, we're not going to enjoy it. So let's hold, let's live in our pink palace and do it so we can enjoy the journey. Stop focusing it's on the It's not a Barbie house, is it? It's not far off. It's owned by an 88-year-old lady. She's lovely, but it's very pink. <laughs> oh, it is pink. It, it's, it's genuinely pink. Oh, okay. Well, not, not Barbie pink, but yeah, yeah. it's it's a lighter version. <laughs> that sounds good. No, I don't mind it, actually. call it a dusty pink, just to make it's it a, It's a dusty pink. It yeah, it's a better. dusty pink, yeah. So, so, yeah, yeah. so but how did, so were you looking for investors or what happened? Yes. So it basically we, we as with, every, with a lot of online businesses, our sales increased massively during covid and in August 2020, we were at the point where we were doing 20 million and- oh, we, Per what? Per year. year. Yeah. I'd love to say month, but year. And um, and we were completely bootstrapped. At no point had we taken investment. And to do the things we wanted to do next, which were big capital intensive things, we just couldn't, we didn't have the reserves to to do that. So at the time we went, okay, let's go and see if we can get get some investment. Prior to that, we'd had lots of folks talk to us and approach us and we'd had a few conversations and there was one quite serious conversation actually and I just went, oh, look, I, I, before we just go and commit here, let's just go and cast the net a bit wider. So we we worked with Deloitte. Yeah, so um, you, you employed, you, you got someone to run the book for you or you, you got yeah. someone to, to run the process for you? We got someone to run the so process. Got we got Deloitte to do yeah. it. And I just went, you know what, if we're going to do this, get a big name so that they can hopefully attract some big names too. Yeah. Um, just explain just quickly, Julie, because a lot of people are always very interested in this. Does that cost you a lot of money per month or do they say, look, it's a success-only deal. If we successfully do, we take a fee. Or how, how does that work? Yeah, so there was a little bit of a um, – there was a they, they were basically the cheapest folks. We did talk to someone else and um, – KPMG would have been more expensive. Oh, that's the folks we talked yeah, to. Yeah, they I've done that. I've been through that process. wateringly expensive. Yeah. Well, they said to us, you've got to do a vendor due diligence, which would have cost us not far off half a mil. Day one. Like, yeah, have, day one. Ha, 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 have it online. They, they want a due diligence online yeah. Yeah. for access for any potential investor. Correct. Yeah. When they're going to do their own anyway. Yeah. So – and they said that and we just went, well, we don't even know if this thing's going to – 
like sell or yeah. what, what well, we weren't intending to sell it. We said, we just want to get investment. So that, that put us off. So we went to Deloitte um, and they went, no, they, they, again, it was coming back to the, they just felt like our people, um, really lovely to deal with. And they just went, no, you don't need that stuff. It's a really simple business. And I went, yeah, it is. It's, it's, we buy stuff, we sell stuff. And there's lots of other things that go around it, but it's relatively simple. So we worked with them. They pulled together basically a flyer, talking about, hey, this is great business, blah, blah, blah. And a few um, highlights. A few highlights. And then a bigger document information, an IM information memorandum, which is a bit more detail around the business. And um, I'm cutting a long story short there, as you know, but they sent the flyer out. Yeah. Heaps of interest. You know, oh, this is very exciting. This is, and it's, it's a very emotional process to go through. It's like your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like highs and lows and highs and lows. And um, anyway, there were a bunch of people who were very keen on it. We had lots of conversations with people who, and some of those conversations were great and some conversations were slightly annoying. <laughs> and, but you have to do them all. But you've got to do them all. And very different. And I think the important thing was we just kept our minds really open about it. And they was- wanted to see you too, didn't they? Yes. They don't want to deal – you can have Deloitte in the room or a person oh, from But they're Deloitte. facilitating. Yeah, correct. They yeah. want to see you. Don't expect the, correct. the lead to run the whole deal because that's not who the no. buyers want to talk to. No, and especially because we were looking at investment. They're, they're investing in us. So that so you are selling not just your business but yourself. Yep. And if you want to stay in that business, which we did, you go – You've. You've. I think this is where a lot of folks fall over. Um because you've you've got to do a bit of work on yourself almost maybe even get a coach or something but it's I think that was very very important we what we found was that the people who put the investment in really the business was a business but they really wanted to invest in myself and Tom yeah it's not about saying too much it's not about but you've got to say enough there's yeah. quite there's quite a lot of because if you say too much it ends up getting written down as a warranty you, yes. you know you've got to be very careful you got to be what you're very saying, careful but at the same time you've got to answer them because they think yeah. you're being evasive yeah it's tricky it is tricky and the we tire kickers around as well who kind of just want information. Oh, well, the competitors too. Competitors. Yeah. So then you really don't want to give them any information. So so we ended up going through this process and we had, I think, three offers on the table for investment. So we were thinking, give away 50%, take a little bit off the table for us, not much, but put a lot into the business for the next growth spurt. And then at the, uh, the 11th hour, I think it was like 11.59 p.m., BWX, who owned probably our biggest competitor got wind because we hadn't talked to trade buyers. And by that, I mean, anyone who would buy us outright um, and take us into their business. We were very much looking at private equity who could help us um, build build and supercharge this thing. Anyway, BWX got wind that we were looking and I can remember Kat ringing me up. It was a sassy and she goes, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this. But what about BWX? And, I, and, I, and we'd had a bit of a ropey experience from a from our side because they supplied some products. And I went, oh, not sure about this. Not keen on this at all. As an investor or as a trader? As a trader. Trade As a trader, tra- trade as a trader. yeah. So just, just so I could just quickly expand on that a little bit. The normal process is you get it. Look, whilst you're looking at investors, a lot of competitors think to themselves, I don't want this mob to get a whole lot of capital. They can compete better with us. Then they might start taking some of my market share away. So a lot of times they get advised, particularly if they've got enough capital, to just go and buy you. Yeah, yeah. That way I don't have to worry about the competition because I now own it. Yeah, which I think is basically what happened. Yeah. They were, they'd they independently, um, before they even knew we, we were looking looking for cash, they they had done a brand um, 
survey. Oh, yeah, piece of, massive piece of work actually. Yeah. And they said, because we were sort of trouncing them, and they said, what are flora and fauna doing that Nourish Life are not doing? And they and they basically, it was like a scorecard, and they just went, and it came out at the end, and they were like, damn, what are we going to do? So I think that really helped prompt them go, yes, we can't have them getting cash and going north, so better to have them in the camp than out. Yeah. So then they came to us and um, originally offered us a silly number, a much sillier number than what we got. And um, As in larger? Much or, larger. Yep. Yeah. And and at the time you're just going, I was looking at it and going, even if we get the funds to do this, what that we, in five years' time, we, probably, we still won't get that number. Yeah. And my dad's a really awesome man. Like he's not in this field at all. He's a painter and decorator. This is what he does, but he just knows me well and he's a good values-driven man. And he just said to me, he goes, Julie, bird in the hand. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. And I went, yeah. I said, I said, I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's gonna what's ahead, but I know what's here and what's now. So so we'd and, and having a chat with him, because I really like the CEO, Dave of BWS. I really like the CEO. He was great. And he and I can remember one of the first conversations I had with him. We put a handwritten note in every order and I said to him, We can't stop that. That stays. And he goes, Yeah, 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 no, I totally agree. He goes, You build a good business, what what you do stays. And having conversations with him, I'm like, okay, he gets it. And and I talked him through what I was a bit nervous at first because he owned the competitor. So throughout this whole process, I was, to your point earlier, like giving them information but not really wanting to give them information. But I was sort of saying, this is the kind of thing I want to do. Will you support us doing that? Because you're quite powerful in terms of you've got manufacturing, that's helpful, and you've got um, legs into the US, that's helpful too. So will you help us? And he's like, yeah, that's good. And then he said, right, what I want you to do is I want you to come in and run Nourish Life, at, which is our competitor, and Flora and Fauna. And for me, and I love a challenge. So I went, oh, that's an exciting, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm totally up for that. And so, and so that's how it went. It took quite a long time from the first conversation to do the deal. And it was a bit difficult along the, along the way. Because the lawyers get involved. Yeah, the lawyers get, a, get involved. Warranties get involved, all the and, detail, all the doc. Documentations, yeah. yeah, and they were dragging. To be fair, they were dragging their feet a bit as well. Yeah, um, was it a cash deal, or do you have to take some stock? No cash. All I cash. refused to do anything other. Good. Um, I just went cash, no earn out. And I, my point to him was because he said, "Oh, you can get more if you get an earn out less." And I said, "No, I'll take I'll take that number." Burn the hand. You burn the hand. Um, and I said, "I have no intention of going. Just make sure the culture, as long as the culture." remains what I think believe it should and be. And do they pay you to stay on as CEO of the two? Yes. Right. Yes. So they paid me to stay on as CEO um, of the two and um, and then it kind of just went from there. Um, and, it, and I joined a CEO and there were some challenges from the outset. <laughs> I'm being kind, but there's some challenges from the outset. And it was very – what I realised was I actually didn't sell the business to BWX. I sold the business to Dave. Right. Because I really like Dave. But the rest of the management team weren't really on board the bus. And that's a problem. So then when I was trying to get in there and do stuff. You had resistance. A massive resistance. And our values didn't quite align. And that for me, being very values driven, is really important. And I was protecting the team from all of this. The team were just, I was like, you keep doing what you're doing. You don't need to get involved in any of this stuff. And it was, um, 
And it was a tough few months. And it got to one point where I actually had a bit of a breakdown on a call. And I've never, in my career. Meaning which you? I, I kind of think I had a bit of a panic attack. It was a bit, I've never, not happened before, never happened since. I think emotions, stress, just everything just went. Poof. And I was on a, I was on a call with the CEO and some CFO and HR and Tom was on there as well. And I just went, I can't do this. And I just had to put the call down and go. And Tom, Tom, who was actually in the other room at home went, hang on, I think we need to end the call now. And I can remember sitting with him on the steps outside and I went, I'm out. I'm out. I said, this isn't for me. And I said, it's, I said, well, I, I need to, I'm going to sit on it for a few days, but I'm going to make that, that decision. I said, this is, this is not what I want. This is not what I want for the future of flora and fauna, but I have to put myself first here on this one. And so. Was that a difficult outcome to let it go? To, to, to actually walk away from something? It was. It was. Because you I, feel like you're abandoning everybody I else. I did. I did. And I did. And that was probably the worst feeling for me. I felt like I was abandoning the team. And we had built such, and it took us a long time to build such a great team. You go, you know, through a few frogs to get to the, the right spot. And we had such a beautiful, beautiful team. And 20% of the team lived with disabilities. So that was something I'm very passionate about. And I absolutely felt like I was abandoning them and leaving them, leaving them to the wolves a little bit. So that was very... Especially after you were taking a big check. Exactly. It doesn't look good. No, it's a bad look. Yeah. And it just feels bad. It feels bad. Yeah. It all felt bad. doesn't look good. There's no way to wrap it up nicely. It just looks like, it looks like, oh, you take the money and run. But is that the most important? It, right then, at that, that point, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. At some point in the proceedings... You have to look after Julie. Correct. Yeah. You can you can't look after everybody else. Exactly. Especially when you don't own it. You, yeah. You, you're not there as their um, special superpower. You can only look after yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. Is that the call? That was the call. That was the call. I went. I can only look after me. My children were at the time one and two. Um, my two year old's got Down syndrome. He's got his own challenges. He needs his mum. Well, both of them need their mum. And I just went. I am, at the moment, I'm sacrificing me and my family and I'm not sure why and what for. I've got such a, um, a good place in my myself for kids with Down syndrome. They're so oh, beautiful. They're so just gorgeous. So beautiful. Woody gives the best cuddles. Like oh, the my best God. cuddles. Yeah, it's, it's just, anyway, yeah. different topic. Go yeah. on. Yeah. It's why I'm passionate about um, inclusion. Yeah. It's, you know, personal experience on this Yeah, one. yeah, Totally. But, um, but so yeah. what happened? You 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 told them the you told them the, the the fate. So I told them. Dave said to me, "Right, hang on to that information for a bit." I said, "That's fine, as long as you know, I'm going." I was only on three months' notice, which I thought was a bit daft, but anyway. And then I said, "I'm happy to do whatever I can because my interest is F and F, but for my health, I can't be here." So, um, so anyhow, um, the end of Feb. In fact, both Dave and I left. So he asked me to hang their on. Their guy. Dave's their guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the CEO. So he um, he left, however that transpired, and um, and I left at the same time. Obviously we've been reading about 
was their fate anyway. Yeah, so there's been a lot of dramas there. There's a lot of dramas. So did you? At what point did you decide maybe I'll go and buy this back? So, so um, it's when they'd been. I mean, I'd seen the decline of the business, and and I'd had customers and suppliers because I knew all our suppliers, like. By name, they they a lot of them became friends and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I heard their war stories because some of them had actually shut down because um, flora and fauna had gone down so much. And that's really sad because you feel like you're letting an enormous pe- enormous lot of people down. I don't feel sorry for me. I'm like I'm very resilient. Take this stuff, but it's just awful when you see businesses close closing and you think a part of that is because of F and F is where it is. So I'd seen it go on the decline and kept an eye on it, but I'd also quite emotionally detach myself from it. Otherwise, it's not healthy to be just thinking whatever, what if, what if, just unhealthy. And then it when it went into it, when BWX went into administration in April. It's, that was this year, was it? Yes. Yeah. It's literally three yeah, months ago. Yeah, yeah. And the writing was on the wall for a while, but share price had gone through the floor and such and so forth. And they'd stopped buying stock for Flora and wow. Fauna and Nourish Life around November, December time. So it was a real, it was a mess. And and unfortunately, a lot of the team were having to go through this and manage it. And it's, unple- you know, just terrible, really. It's a demise in a very short space of time. Anyway, BW gets into, into, into administration and the first thing that they wanted to offload was Flora and Fauna and Nourish Life or either as a going concern or the assets of. Anyway. Which is typical what an administrator, that's the whole point yeah. of the administrator. They're appointed to sell off the assets in an orderly way. Yes. Stop the um, bleeding that is, uh, that's uh, resulting in money going out the door and get some cash into the business so they might be able to uh, pay, and pay some creditors some money back. Yeah. Do a deal with the creditors. Yeah. And KPMG with the receivers, so right. it's then out of BWX's yep. control. They lose all, all control. All control, all BWX. So then over the years, um, there's an amazing business in New Zealand called Health Post. Beautiful business, um, family-owned business. They've been going for 35 years. They've grown really steadily over 35 years. And I sort of be, just been in touch with their CEO and just, just chatted over this and that. Not much, but just a little bit. Anyway, Abel, the CEO, he reached out to me and he said, and the B Corp as well, So, which is what we were at Flora and Fauna, the B Corp, they've got a nature sanctuary. They're very much in my wheelhouse. And Abel rang me. I can remember I was on a run at the time because I love my running. And he said, what do you think? <laughs> he goes, I don't want to be predatory because they're really good people. So I don't want to be tre- predatory, but do you think there's an opportunity? Would you be keen? <laughs> on doing something and I went oh. I said I would I said the one thing I'm short on is, of is time because I've got my other business but I would I don't the the worst the, the worst case scenario for me is that it goes to the wall or it gets by bought by someone where it's just going to be even worse than where it is right now so I said uh and I said you'd be you'd be amazing custodians of this so, yes, let's see if we can do something. And with whenever this happens, so that when I sold my business, I think we we put the flyer out in September and we sold it at the following July. It took a, took a while. Um, I know Adore Beauty took 18 months, took ages. This, when they wanted it done in a week. Yeah, because that's what administrators <laughs> yeah. want. They want the money to pay the creditors. Yeah. 
They wanted it quick. So we actually stretched it so it's two weeks. But um, That means you can usually get a better price though. Oh, we did. We did, yeah. Um, so May the 3rd this year. I actually was looking, I went, yeah, it's a good job it wasn't May the 4th. Um, but May the 3rd this year, for all the Star Wars fans, May the 3rd this year um, was when we bought the business back. T- together? Together. So yep. what we've done is we founded a new business. We started a new business called The Future Co. I actually bought that URL ages ago and I went, I want to do something with that at some point. And, I was, and we were going, what are we going to call the company? And I went, I've got an idea. <laughs> I've, got a, I've, I've got a URL. Yeah, I've got one I made earlier a while back. So we called it the Future Co. And um, we've bought the assets of Flora and Fauna and Nourish Life. Yeah, you did buy the business because you would have ended up with the creditors. So Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, so we so. bought the assets. So basically we've got the websites, we've got the IP, we've got some stock, but we don't know what we've got. Um, it's in boxes and we're just sorting a warehouse at the moment and we'll figure it out. Biggest Christmas present ever, I think. And then um, we bought, uh, or we transferred contracts across with some things, things like our email platform, because we really needed to keep that data list and all that sort of stuff. But basically- Tech uh, stack? What about the tech Yes. Yeah. So, well, yes, but we're actually rebuilding the Flora and Fauna website at the moment right. on a different tech stack because it's a bit- um, Old. Stuffed. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It needs, we were on Magento. Magento is yeah. a platform that- you must maintain it, and if you don't, it goes downhill quickly, right. which is basically what's happened. Yeah. Um, so we're moving it, um, which is fun. That's probably better anyway. It's much better. Yeah. It's actually way better. Yeah. Way, way, way better. I'm actually really happy with that call. So so you you're, you and your new business partner in Futureco, yeah. um, you put the money into Futureco, he put his money in Futureco, yes. together Futureco, then together, you both put the money together, Futureco yeah. then it becomes the purchaser of the yes. assets and people and – Systems or whatever is your board and stock yeah, yeah. and name, business yes. name, etc. And you, does that mean you will relaunch Flora and Fauna? Yes. Like actual, a proper official launch, relaunch. Yes, official relaunch. Official relaunch. Um, we will, we will have a big old, big old relaunch. And I'm, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment. I'm we're on calls every day at the moment, and they're wonderful to work with. And I'm really helping them in terms of. I'm very focused on customer and brand. I'm like. Can't screw any of these things up. Um, But we'll have a big relaunch. So we have a wonderful Facebook group. And and when we told Facebook and and when we told our community basically that, hey, coming back, phenomenal. Like so, so happy. And we have this beautiful community that's on Facebook. And what was amazing, what was amazing, there's a lady Jane. She's followed us for ages. I think she follows me personally on Instagram. And Jane said, she goes, I've been thinking about, FNF coming back and she goes, and I've thought about some of the things that that Julie and the team could really focus on. She basically wrote a strategy. She just went, here are all the points. And then loads of people piled on and went, and but in a really positive way. And I just went, you can't buy this stuff. Like, this is amazing. Um, but you can build it. But you can build it. You, you build can, it. And yes, yes. And and I was the, the thing I've always done is I've always been on social. I do it in my current business now. I am on it all the time. We have a social media person, but I'm on it talking to customers all the time. I think it's really crucial that as, I don't care how big you are, CEO, owner, founder of a company, you get massively close to your customers and social's a great way to do that. So I'm constantly in the group going blah, 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 blah. And it's, I think that's very key. And that's been key to helping us build that community but they're very positive about they're super positive about the relaunch so that's a very very interesting thing so notwithstanding that fnf 
probably lost a lot of the eyes and ears and hearts of many of its old customers. Mm. Your reputation and what you and Tom did and in the old FNF actually stayed with you. You, may, you managed to maintain your reputation, your, your goodness, and uh, or, or, or not so much goodness, but more your your messaging. You know, your yeah. message. Yeah. And those people stuck around. They're still around. They're still they're still around. And they still want to deal with F and F. Yeah. They're actually so you build up a loyal, sticky, loyal base. Really sticky. Yeah. And that's pretty yeah. important. That's yeah. pretty hard to do. Yeah. But that that's interesting because notwithstanding what happened, people still wanted to deal with the original philosophy. Yes. Behind yes. F and F. Yes. And they trust us. And I take that trust really seriously, which because yeah, we make decisions. We make all of our decisions guided by the values because you go, no, people trust us. If we put one product in there that's not vegan or whatever, we we break that trust. What about suppliers and uh, that's customers? What about on the other side? They've been amazing. They have been amazing. Vendors. I, yeah. Vendors. Yeah. We've, I've spoken to most of them individually. I spent a lot of time on the phone having chats. They are really excited. And some of these are suppliers who are owed money by BWX. So a lot of suppliers, little ones, are owed cash. And um, they have been absolutely brilliant at wanting to get back on board and grow this thing together. So I've been quite overwhelmed by the feedback um, for Flora and Fauna. It was interesting, you know, in, in a speaker tour style, um, yeah. you, know, you, you sold out at the top and you bought back in what is pretty much getting close to recession in Australia. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you, you know, that's the penultimate. That's the thing. Everybody wants to sell yeah. at the top and buy back into the bottom or yeah. buy the bottom and sell at the top, whichever way it works. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's um, optimization. But are you seeing and are you worried about where, let's say, the world, the rest of the world is, the world you trade in? The parts of the world FNF trades in. Are you worried about what it looks like at the moment? Are you seeing perhaps a few bruised vendors? Because you know, you as much as you need consumers, you need vendors on the other side because you're a marketplace. Yeah. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, there's quite a few bruised. There's people who've oh, it's it's pretty ugly. People who've remortgaged their houses to keep their businesses going. Um, people who've reduced their product ranges down because they just can't afford to do so many SKUs. People who've absolutely shut up shop because they just can't there was one actually i was quite surprised about this one um soul soul cups they're a bit like keep cups but different different brand they were going for about seven years and they I remember just, yeah, yeah yeah they they got an email the other week she shut up shop i'm like crikey i was quite that was one i was quite surprised about so this is this is happening out there and that's what we're seeing and people are People are worried. Because they're all small businesses deal with They're you. all small. Yeah, yeah. They're all small. There's a few biggies, but most of them are small, yeah, yeah. small, medium. All doing their best um, and, yeah. and you know, maybe a couple of employees perhaps or, or maybe just the founders themselves. What? Do you, so it's funny, you know, you should say this because in terms of um, somebody who can give our government or our Reserve Bank governor <laughs> a bit of an insight as to what are the effects of what they're doing, um, as opposed to them sending people out into the street and asking their own questions, you're sort of at the front of this because I mean, how, how many vendors did you used to have or product? Oh, lines? three, three, three hundred and forty brands. Wow, yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good for someone who's a mathematician, and and, and in your case, <laughs> that that's a pretty good um, sample. 
to draw a, a, a statistical, significantly statistically significant um, read on. And if you're seeing stress amongst those vendors, that's usually an indicator that at some stage you're going to start putting people off, start putting staff off, or uh, or definitely going to cut back on their own spending in order just to, to live their life apart from paying their mortgage. Um, that's quite interesting. So you're you're at the sort of face, you're right at the the cliff face of this stuff. Mm. And you and when you talk to these people about relaunching F and F, are you trying to sort of bring them along and and give them? I don't want to use the word hope; it's a bad word, but at least give them an insight into how they might recover. Is that part of your your game? Yeah, without it- promising it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 been really quite emotional in some ways seeing some of the vendors. Oh my god, of course it is. And you just and and, it, and they're looking for hope. You can actually see it in them looking for hope. And what and what I'm doing is going right. We'll relaunch together for me because I always treated our vendors as partners. Mm. So I always just went, "This is a partnership. We work together." And some of them didn't want to do that. They were like, "No, you just buy our products and you sell them." And I'm like, "We can do that, but we won't grow you as much as if we grow this folk over here." Whereas the ones who go, "Right, what can we actually do together?" We we grew much much bigger than anything else. And I've always treated them as partners. And, and with some of them, we've just gone right. Um, this is the relaunch date. I'm thinking about doing some super cool stuff. Like, can you tell me the relaunch date? Do you, can you mid, mid, mid-September. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's, coming. it's soon. It's soon. It's yeah, soon. Yep. Basically, as soon as, hopefully we're getting keys to the warehouse 1st of August. Yep. And then we can figure out what we got. Yep. <laughs> and then start getting deliveries. So it's tight. It's tight timing, actually. But we're, we're, we're going for it. Um, and um, and it, I want to do a big relaunch. I kind of when we did our when we opened our store we had this sixty square meter store in North Rocks it was it was tiny we had a thousand people turn up for the launch they were going around the car park it was nuts but amazing amazing at the same time and I sort of want that feeling again um, of just joy just let's bring some joy into this crazy world pretty shitty in. world at the moment yeah and, and, and how will you use social to do that. So what's going through your head? I mean, yeah, and that's pretty sounds pretty exciting. But yeah, you, you look excited. No, I'm I'm super excited. I'm I'm actually really pumped about the whole thing. I get very passionate about stuff, and I'm very pumped about this. I think I mean we can do stuff with our community, but we've also got um, we didn't use influencers so much. We used ambassadors, and they were people within our community. Because I sort of went. I think we should reward people within our community and make them our little. There are mini influencers, but yeah. you know, ambassador is a good word. It's a good word, right? Yeah. So, so. I think what we'll do is we'll get a whole bunch of ambassadors on board and people who are in our space who can help talk about it. And that's a key thing for us is we've got our reach and they've got their little reach and dunk, 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 dunk. But when you add it all up, it's quite large. It's a big, it's a big reach. Mathematically quite big. Yes, big, big, big. So we'll do we'll we'll use that so as and and we'll use our facebook group as well so my aim is to give facebook as little money as possible <laughs> well alexandra's not there anymore either by the way no no she's not yeah exactly so so i'm good with that so um, and and they, you know and they're great and they've absolutely helped us grow our business but the rice at the moment is tiny so we we you have to work you have to work around it and see what you can do around it and we're launching a business with which isn't trading so we're also 
on a very tight budget to do this. So we've got to think differently and it's sort of start again, but not start again. I mean, the brand's there and the affection is there. Exactly. And we've, we're starting again with a really good set of wheels. <laughs> yeah, no, well, as Richard Branson said to me once on an airplane, he said to me, um, a good brand is about notoriety with affection. Um, you've got notoriety, or not you, yeah. but, well, you have, but I mean, the brand yeah. has, and it, yeah. it's well known, that is, and it's well loved. Yes. It's got affection. Yeah. And that's a massive head start. It is. And it now you is. just got to get, you could now got to get the um, execution right. You've got to get logistics and execution right. Absolutely. And, and, meet, and meet people's expectations, which could have changed. Exactly. 100%. And this is one of the big things that I'm kind of really advising the, the sort of the Health Post team on in the Future Co is just going, we have to make, we can't compromise customer experience. There's going to be certain expectations of what products they can sell. So we have to meet those expectations. And so really just sense checking all the decisions we're making to make sure that we're not compromising the brand or the experience at any point. Finally, I'll just ask you one question. Yeah. Um, are you worried that you're try you're going to try and resurrect glory days? And, you know, a lot of people say that it's not possible to do it twice. Yeah. Uh, are you worried about that? Is that is that something in your head? I'm not, not really because – I don't expect it. None of us actually expect it to be where it was. Um, so it's about lowering your expectations. It's lowering expectations. And we're just going, right now, it's not trading and it's not doing anything. So crikey, if we get 10 orders in the first day, that's better than where we are right now. Yeah. And and we don't expect it to suddenly be a $20 million business again. We just None of us expect that. That's not how we built the business plan. And I think also working with the Health Post team who've grown this business over 35 years, um, that's where we're aligned. We're aligned. We just want to create a great sustainable business for the future, which is um, survives in its own right, is profitable enough, um, but we don't expect it to be back up there doing doing what it did. Now, if I go back to you and say, well, Julie, uh, what, was, what is your strategy day one in buying it, buying it back? Yeah. You told me last time in relation to um, FNF, it was about um, leaving my kids. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> uh, just ho- hold on to it. You know, just take dividends out of it, or perhaps sell it uh, to the tra- trade sale or bring in investors. I mean, have, have you gone through that process in your mind yet? Have you thought to yourself, this time we're going to keep it? I don't give a damn. I, I'm just going to keep it. What would you do? Yeah, I think I think um, I, I, I have I have thought about it. I'm okay with keeping hold on to it. I don't have, I don't need to sell it. Yeah. And as long as I'm not, because before I was running it. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure on you permanently. Yeah. You know, the warehouse manager doesn't turn up on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's all of that. Um, I'm, I'm super happy to be part of it, sit on the board, advise, all that great stuff. And it's really, and it's really nice to be part of it. So I'm, I'm happy to, hang on to it and of course there's other folks to consider as well just run with it just run with it just run with it and see where we get to and part of our mission one of the first things i did was create the purpose of the future co and i said we're about building better brands so who knows we could get more out there and do some really cool stuff um but we're not we're not a business where we're going right we've got to have it for three years and then flick it it's um we'll see where we go with it well, Julie, thanks very much for coming in. I, I can't wait for FutureCo to relaunch Flora and Fauna, one of Australia's best. Oh, thanks, Good to see Mark. You. Beautiful to be here. 
Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Jonathan Leondis.